and welcome to Orange is the New Cast, a podcast devoted to Netflix's series Orange is the New Black. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me this week is... Nina from Project Fandom. Thank you. Uh, if you want to know some background information about Nina, you can check out the first episode because she gave a little bio, but I'll just give a short one. Uh, you uh, run and operate projectfandom.com. Mm-hmm. Where you have a legion of pro fans that uh, follow you and uh, collaborate with you on covering a bunch of different television, and I'm super jealous that you have such an awesome name for your your community, pro fans, <laughs> because like we kind of left it up to the community, and people are like baldies and the bald move army, and I'm like not, in, I think bald move army is my favorite. But, you know, the BMs, that's not good. Sounds like no. something you leave in the toilet bowl, which might be appropriate. I don't know. No, that was my uh, content manager, John, that when we were uh, trying to figure out the, the site used to be called VaginaCon. I don't know if I ever told you that. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Well, now I've completely changed my mind. That was a much better title. You should have stuck with it. No, it was all about women's stuff and the site was pink. And uh, when I took the site over for myself, we changed the call and I just changed the focus because I just love talking about TV and comic books and all that stuff. But yeah, John helped me come up with that and we just call ourselves pro fans. And it fits because we are obsessively watching lots of television and movies we're professionals at this so <laughs> i agree um so we've got that uh we got nina joining us here we're talking about episode six in case you didn't know you also have pizza directed yes. by allison anders which is she's done a ton of independent filmmaking and movies and she's done a lot of stuff like uh sex in the city uh southland the l word a lot of experience under her belt and she's joined by stephen falk which was a old staff writer for Jinji cohen's other film or work weeds and he's done a couple other things so we got two old hats uh and uh, i thought they did a really really good episode uh what did you think just overall your opinions on episode six you also have pizza uh well first of all that's probably one of the best sentences and you also have pizza like Uh like if somebody says that to you it's never how could that ever be a bad thing right (laughs) like right Right. no matter the situation because it's it's already Um, you can tell it's like something good is happening and you also have pizza Right. Never go wrong with pizza. Um, I really liked it. I, I, one of the things I like, and I think uh, Germ or Germ, G.R. Martin, whatever you want to call them. One of the things I like with with, uh, Game of Thrones, particularly in reading the books, is that you can have people that you still feel for. You may not really like them, but you can connect with them as a human, even though they're, quote unquote, a bad character. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, this is a a show about women in prison. Most Mm -hmm. of them, you know, deserve to be there for doing some pretty horrible stuff. And even the men who work there have all proven to be, you know, pretty shitty. But I was surprised by how much I felt for certain characters even healy oh yeah this one. no yeah. totally um healy's a tough one because and actually i want to I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit later uh when we get more into his character because i have mm-hmm. some thoughts that i want to bounce off you on that the whole okay the whole healy wagon here um i thought along those lines that piper turning her into an investigative journalist was a brilliant <laughs> move because mm-hmm. It allows her kind of worst tendencies to be unleashed in a positive, more interesting manner. Yes. Now, you can't argue her taking down the, the this particular way this pr- particular prison's run and getting you know more minute money spent on the prison and women because I I do agree that you know if you if you belong in prison you belong in prison you got to serve your time but it shouldn't be you know you you should be able to take showers that don't have shit in them and you should right, be right. you know like like uh caputo said last episode we should be able to keep these women safe and clean that's kind mm-hmm. of a societal obligation especially since we have so many poor people locked up mm-hmm. um we got to at least do that and i and i think that uh, turning her into this investigative journalist is a really great way to put a positive spin on what i've often found to be an annoying character absolutely agree what did you think of the structure of having this? And you don't find out until very late in the episode about why you're having these random interviews about love. You know, it's kind of like the the Valentine's Day theme. What mm-hmm. did you think of the way they structure where almost every scene break you have this little, you know, intimate uh, look with the different prisoners and how they view love? I liked it. And I thought that. 
they did a really good job of making their answers. They were so true to their characters. Mm -hmm. Um, were some even uh Daya's mom I can't think of her name but <laughs> Daya's mom that's perfect yeah yeah her hers was you know you could just see where because we know we know her story about like having these kids and not really being a good mother at all and uh -huh. taking care of them and kind of putting the the drug dealing boyfriend first so her idea about what love is and what makes it special was very juvenile like sure. she had a very young idea well you don't know any better you know right. you can see that she never grew out of it so it made sense and then she ends it with and fucking lots of hard <laughs> can't walk the next day deep dick fucking. can't write fucking 24 7 yeah yes. i love that yeah. yeah who is the prisoner that said that it's the definition is pain that you want again and again i wrote that down as a i like that quote but i can't remember who i attached it I to think it, i think it was sophia yes 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 yeah. you're right which is poignant in both her, you know, probably talking a little bit about her experience that she had with her wife and also probably her son as well. And that's and it's when she said that I told, I didn't even connect it with the wife. I honestly thought she was talking about the son and I'm a parent. I know you are. Sure. And to try to explain to people who don't have kids how it is at the the same time, the most beautiful love you can ever experience but the most the scariest sure. and the most painful you yeah. know that trying to explain that to people is really hard and so when she said that i immediately connected like you know uh parent to child love relationship yeah no i'm glad i wasn't dealing because i'm like is that creepy to say that it maybe it's about but it's, uh, i'm glad i'm glad you're feeling that too yeah yeah because yeah. you know that's the other thing is love means something until you're a parent and then mm -hmm. it, 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 your definition of love uh, grows to encompass these other feelings that you didn't you probably have any idea that they yeah. were there uh so we uh, obviously we're set in valentine's day and we begin as we frequently do in the kitchen where the uh, latina girls are talking about memories of love um bennett and daya are pretending to be a normal couple they've kind of mm -hmm. got a very on again off again relationship this episode in particular and it's on uh, the big, big plot development is Daya's mom begins to ask Bennett to start smuggling things in his little leg compartment <laughs> for her. He's, he's being whored out to the larger yes. family. Yes. Uh, what I, I thought this was a pretty good scene. I liked seeing Fisher have to gobble a cock cookie in like three seconds <laughs> I like, flat. <laughs> I was like, why did she do that? She really didn't have to. Like, yeah, I mean, she could have uh, done a couple of different things, but it's kind of yeah. it's it's true to her character. She's just so earnest and awkward, uh -huh. and did just didn't know what to do. I thought I think her and Bennett are kind of the same, good-hearted. Maybe shouldn't even be doing this line of work, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to the uh, other other side of things, going from the Latinas to the I don't know. Do you call them the 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 black girls? I just say black girls. As a white man, I'm intensely dis uncomfortable when it comes time to labels, but it's like that's how it seems like they, they self identify that way. Yeah, I was just going to say, as a black woman, I totally give you permission to say the black girls. Thank it's you. Fine. So the black girls are not as, as, as I kind of predicted last episode. Mm -hmm. um, and just so everyone knows, we've seen all the episodes by now, but we're going to, we're going to review this as if we haven't. Right. Um, they are not happy about the new shower situation that V sold, and we. You wanna know why? Why is that? They're taking whore baths. Are... <laughs> I I think whores have better baths than that. <laughs> I probably my mother's gonna kill me, but it's either my mother, or my grand, my whole life. That's what you call it. Yeah. And 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 I, you know how all kids go through that phase where they don't want to bathe. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, I would do like she said, go take a bath, and I would like run the water and lock the door and sit on the toilet and read a book. Like I just did not uh -huh. want to bathe. Uh huh. And the other thing was taking a horse bath, and that's what my mother called it. Uh -huh. like, bathing from the sink is a horse bath. Sure, sure. Oh, so. uh, it does not look. And I imagine that's one of the few pleasures in prison is that you know you get a little, little alone time, you take a nice hot shower. And you get clean, and that's kind of like you know the, you're the only real private me time you get. And now you don't even get that, right? So how's how in the hell is V going to keep this together? Especially since her a number one girl Tasty is not happy about leaving uh, leaving the library uh, and being stuck in the custodial. Nope. You kind of this is go ahead. I was gonna say this is the scene where she tells her like she's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
so that triggers a Pousset flashback because this is uh, her episode to shine. And uh, she's having a joint rolling competition in Germany. We learned that she's a military brat. And uh, also, she's not gay for this day. It looks like that she is at least bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the scene with her? Well, I know that I think I've heard you say in other uh, episodes prior to this that you you really like this character. I do. I like Pousset. I like her, too. I don't always like her acting. Sometimes I feel like when I'm watching her, I feel like I'm watching somebody acting. Yeah. And the difference, I think, is Black Cindy, which she also has a little bit to do in this episode. I think she feels having been a black woman, you know, raised with black women in my family and grew up with black women. As a matter of fact, my one of my sisters is tasty. Like she acts <laughs> like that. She looks like her. Right. That is my sister. Um, but so when I watch some of them, it feels really natural. And I don't feel like I'm watching a woman acting. And sometimes when I watch Pousset, I feel like I'm watching somebody acting. But other than that, I love that I, I think I read it um, after watching this episode that she did not speak German before this. And she studied really, really hard and she took it real, you know, she took it seriously. And it shows, I think, because it just, I don't speak German, but it sounded really good. And I was impressed with her joint rolling skills because I can't roll the joint. So, you know, it's uh, neither can I to save my life, even with the aid of a machine, can I roll my own cigarette slash joint slash whatever. Right. Here's here's the thing, and I feel like uh, I was tricked on Pousset because I tend to like people that you can tell that have this raw native intelligence but maybe don't have the best education because mm. I sympathize with that. I, for various reasons, um, I uh, my school school didn't stop the high school. In fact, I graduated early so I could do things for God, and mm-hmm. I never went to college, but I consider myself very smart, but I don't come across like, you know – very well, I you know I misspeak a lot of times. I get words wrong, and I thought like Tasty definitely. She's the archetypal, very smart person, but not classically educated. Mm-hmm. And I thought Pousset is the same way, you know, because the way she talks. But then right. this episode seems like maybe that's not necessarily accurate for her. That right. she did have like she speaks German, she speaks multiple languages, she probably had a decent education. Do, is this something that she's put on as an affectation in prison to kind of fit in maybe with her girl Tasty? Or what's the deal here? I don't know. If, but it feels like she was – it feels like she was that way even in the flashbacks a little bit. Not as hard. So I do think that when she got to prison – and we've talked about this before where there's certain things you know you have to – do to be protected, to protect mm-hmm. yourself, to like not just physically, but like your feelings, you know. Um, but I do feel like in some of this flashback that she was a little like that. And I don't even know what we can call it. It, I don't want to say urban or street, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like she yeah. had a certain quality to her, even in the flashbacks, I think. Hmm. And for the record, I just want to say that I would have never guessed that you didn't go to college. I've listened to probably damn near every podcast oh, ever put out. Stop. And I, sometimes I hear you say words and I'm like, I hope he doesn't do that when I'm with him. Cause I don't <laughs> want to have to admit, I don't know what that means. Uh, no, it's all from reading. And that's, that's one of the reasons I mispronounce things. Right. Because uh, I, sometimes I don't get to use words like that. Yeah. And you know, um, and I'd probably get my ass kicked in prison because I'd be like, don't be pugilistic, man. And they'd be like, do what? Um, <laughs> But no, I, I just thought it's like that's one of the reasons I thought Pousset was pretty cool. And then maybe I was like, ah, maybe this is all an act. And am I reevaluating how I feel about her? I still think she's a good person, though. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about Suzanne and Watson. They're both in the janitorial uh, closet slash supply room. And Suzanne's got this really funny uh, routine she's got with her mop puck and pop puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the big plot point here is Big Boo is smoked in, smoked out that there's some sort of action going on in the custodial department because V's consolidating power and she wants in on both that action and Watson's vagina, apparently. Yes, yes. Because the sex Olympics is still on between her and, and Nikki. Yes, which totally really freaks, freaks me out. Like, Big Boo intimidates the hell out of me. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I really like this, though, with Crazy Eyes going the little, like, Shakespearean kind of monologue between her and her, uh, the mop. 
Right. Um, I really feel like that's something they they've put in because of the actress. Oh yeah. Who I believe is like uh kind of classically trained Broadway. She's got this multidisciplinary art that she can bring to bear, and I like it when it. Sh- I'm I'm with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Black Cindy, she's in this scene for a bit too, I believe, right? And and I really enjoy her. She just mm-hmm. feels really natural to me. Uh, moving on to Piper, she's got a visitor. It's Larry, uh, presumably to negotiate the terms of her staying with him during uh, her grandma's furlough, mm-hmm. her grandma's furlough. She's talking. You know, she starts at again. One of the reasons I hate Piper is they're broke up. She knows they're broke up. She acts like that's never happened. She's talking about Valentine's Day and how the it's Florence Henderson's birthday and they should have a naked uh, Brady-thon and stripped sun- tease the Sunshine Day. And it's just kind of gross. And Larry shuts that shit down. It's like one of the few times I've respected the man. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know what? No. How about hello? How are you doing? Let's start there. Right. And, and when she, are you going to get your shit? <laughs> yes, yes. And and, uh, and that's what he says. Like, she wants to – she's decided she wants to come home to Larry. Where did this come from? I don't know. I don't know. Her grandma dying, the fact that she feels yet again abandoned by Alex. I just – I feel like this is coming from a need inside her that has nothing to do with Larry. I think she is so self-absorbed. And it doesn't just, like you said, she's just news about her grandmother and it's me, me, me. And what do I need? And she's talking to him, trying to get what she needs, not even thinking that, oh, wait a minute, we're not really together. And, you know, uh, yeah, I just, I know I saw some of your uh, feedback on some of these threads. I know a lot of your listeners actually like Piper and I'm always surprised when that happens. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean to shit on a character that people really like but no. i just i just this bugs me she's so self-absorbed let me ask you this because i don't know how i feel about it larry wanting to write an investigative article collaborating with piper is that on its face offensive what do you mean because of her situation yeah it's like you know like, if, if it's let's say if your boyfriend slash husband was in jail and you found it was a real shithole and there's some discrepancies and you've got a you know, you've got a well-rounded liberal education, and you're like, hey, conspiratorially, what if we work together to have this series of news – these newspaper articles to bring this place down? Would you expect that they would just take massive offense at that, or is it the, the fact that Larry is kind of a weasel anyway? I mean what's – I wasn't sure exactly why she was so pissed off about it, or the fact that she's kind of on fig shit list because of the last round of articles and Larry is oblivious to that. What's the deal? I I think it's I think it's a little bit of both, but definitely more of I think they're both a little self-absorbed. Certainly, and and it's it's kind of like I've had this conversation with my husband where you know I'll say oh I don't feel good, and then my husband will go yeah I don't feel good either, and I'm like yeah but can we just talk about how I don't feel good first? <laughs> like, before... <laughs> right. I, I'm gonna admit it. This is this one of my pet peeves. It's like well let me finish talking about how shitty I feel before we talk about how shitty you feel. Right. So I think it was a little bit of that where. You know, he's like, wait a minute, why are you know why are we all you know talking about you and and this bullshit about Valentine's Day when I have this going on? And you have your shit in my place. So then he tries to make it about him, and she's immediately like, um, I don't know. I think if he was a better person, she shouldn't. Well, I let me just say it like this: I think if I felt like Larry was a better character, a better person. I would not have a problem with him asking this because it's right. it's a noble thing to do. It's like yeah, there there's money being, you know, stolen, sure. not used for the right purposes, and it's causing shitty conditions for these women. This is something he should be he should want to write about. But yeah. because I know he's such a shitty person, you feel like you don't trust his motives. Like sure. it doesn't feel like he's doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and she she accuses him of being the moon that she he can only capable of orbiting someone else and reflecting their glory, not of his own. And I thought he, what he came back with because I don't like Larry, but mm-hmm. I do feel like he has the moral high ground because he's like, look, Piper, I'm stuck. You yeah. know, you're in here and you've fucked other girls and you've done this, whereas I've you know I was going along as the dupe, just thinking that we'd resume a relationship, and I'm living in. Uh, he called it sarcophagus. The mausoleum. The it's funny because I use those exact words when I got divorced. That because I got stuck with the house, uh-huh. and I'm like, I'm living in the mausoleum of a relationship. You know? Yeah. Um. 
But I when thought, he said that, did you you just knew the first time you watched this episode? Did you just know she was going to correct I him? I did because you could tell she's the type of person, and I can relate because I'm kind of this person too. <laughs> she's the type of person that listens for you to stop talking so she can chime in. Yes. She's yes. not carrying his emotional truth. It's just like, oh, he said sarcophagus. He meant mausoleum. Wait till his lips start moving. You meant mausoleum. And yes. yeah, she's – that's – again, if you like Piper, you like Piper. I don't like Piper. We should, right. <laughs> we should probably move on. Okay. You know who I do like? Red. And yes. she's out in the garden uh, giving her son full sass. He's trying to cut his way through this drain grate that we found out about uh, about two episodes ago. And she's saying stuff. He's crying about his woman leaving him. And he's like, I'm sure you did something to deserve it. Uh, and then as soon as he gets the thing up, she slaps him uh, yes. for for his, his shortcomings. I just, again, I, I love E. Or I'm sorry, I love Red. I do not love yeah, E. I do. I love her too. She, it's, I mean, it's, again, these, these characters are not necessarily saying or doing nice things. But I don't know. I just felt it. I felt it's not right, but I felt it. And you got to figure he's probably that way mm-hmm. because of the way she treats him. Do you know what I mean? Well, the other thing is, I wonder if she treats him that way because that's what he needs. Like kind of like the you Godfather think? slap. You need to be a man. Like you know, if you want to, if you want this woman, you know, man up, chase after her, and also stop doing bullshit you're doing is driving her away. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know, this, I don't know which ma- came first. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like did did she create the man child, or is this something that she's trying to do to prevent him from continuing to be the man child? I don't, I don't right. know. I like Red yeah. enough that I'm willing to cut her some slack on that. I agree. Uh, Piper now is waking up to the idea that she needs to reimagine her exit strategy from his prison. Um, and I thought it was funny that uh, she asked, "Who do you imagine coming home to?" And Nikki's like, "Fiona Apple in the criminal video," which yes. I was like. <laughs> That that is a choice a choice uh, uh, b- uh, person to come home to. Yes, that's yes. the particular image. Um, yes. But also, I thought this is kind of I was kind of right on Nicole because she saying that Larry's on the right track. Nobody's spending money here. This is a shithole. Maybe he's got the right idea. Yeah, because she's like working on this fuse box or something. That's just shock sparking, and she's, <laughs> it's like the twentieth time they've they've patched this, and you can even tell the set people are really good about this. Is a ramshackle. This is some sorry shit that they're working with. Do you remember um, there was an article? I think I shared it with you and um, Pilani. God, I hope I said her name right. She's going to kill me. Pilani. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, where there was a, a writer who sat down with a friend who had actually been in a women's prison mm-hmm. and they were reviewing yes. the episodes. Yes. Oh my God. She was calling bullshit on so much stuff. But the two things that I found that just struck me, like I, it didn't even occur to me that this is probably not the way it is, is one, the kitchen. She's like, they're all standing around cutting fresh vegetables and shit like, uh-huh. make, with the bread maker. Yes. <laughs> but this too, with the whole, the, the access they have to like tools and like, why is the inmate working on this? This, um... But now it kind of makes sense though, because we we're figuring that the money is not going where it's supposed to go. Right, right. And they're just letting people like Nikki shock the shit out of themselves trying to fix a fuse box. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought her line about like, imagine your uh, high school cafeteria. Now imagine it with less funding and people that care even less about their jobs. You know, yes. It's like, that's what prison cafeteria is like in the, the kitchen. Yes. Uh, we see a scene with Caputo and Fisher. She is listening to these amazing phone calls that's like reading Dickens. Caputo's <laughs> bitching because even though conditions continue to deteriorate, Figs will want to impose a shot quota, right. which if you haven't figured out now, shot is, uh, I guess, a verbal warning that is issued to a prisoner that can you know lead to privileges being denied and whatnot. It's like right. being written up in, in a Like career. citations or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I tried to find the etymology for that. I was unable to do so, but it's called a shot. Mm-hmm. Caputo finds out she's newly single and uh, invites her out to see Sideboob, his band, as a Wait, way to that, move in. Is that the name of it? Yeah, you didn't get the last – yeah, his, his, his band's name is Sideboob. I did not. I don't know what the hell I've been doing. I did not catch that. <laughs> Who doesn't like side boob? The answer: everyone loves no side one. Boob. That's right. Yeah, everyone loves it. Because, <laughs> um, but there's the problem is there's a Valentine's Day party that the women are throwing for themselves, uh, and uh, he says I can get you off of that. Mm-hmm. This is going to cause problems later on in the episode. Yes. 
let's talk about Leanne. Uh, it's her time to talk about love. I thought it was great. She talks about she had to stay with my manager at Long John Silver. And she goes, then I found out his wife was wicked hot. And then she says, so that was nice. Like that, that's the high point of her romantic career <laughs> that she was having an affair with someone that's wife was kind of hot. So it's like, Hey, I must not be terrible. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, in between getting burned by the fish fillet grease. Yes, um, yes. I guess it wouldn't be fish fillet. That's McDonald's, whatever, whatever vile <laughs> shit that they cook up there. Yeah. Um, so next scene we see Pousset and uh, tasty. Uh, kind of parting ways because Tasty's going to take the custodial job because she owes her. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to talk about on this scene? Uh, no, I'm. Uh, I think the next scene. <laughs> it's oh, pretty the, interesting. The, the Pousset and the German girl scissoring. Yes. <laughs> um, and her reflection on love is not about staring at each other; it's about staring in the same direction. That's I a fairly. That. That's a very mature take on love, right? It really, really, really is. I I love that. I actually had written that down. This is after she this is after she says I told you scissoring wasn't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was I didn't know what the hell they were doing when the flashback started. This is how naive I am. I totally thought scissoring was positioned differently. So when they were I'm like what are they doing? And then when she said that I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys were doing it right. I don't know. I'll ask some of my lesbian friends, but You know it's uh, funny cuz I've I've strangely have way more lesbian friends than I do uh gay men friends. Uh-huh. And they're all over the map about this. Some of them deny it's a thing, some of them say they love it, some of them they say it's good for foreplay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean obviously I'm a straight I I'm a straight I liked seeing it on film. Uh oh, I'm asking. I'm asking. You know, you're my Facebook friend. I'm asking on Facebook today. Okay. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> All right. If you it, you know, it's like I I asked people about the uh I don't know if you were part of this podcast. It might have been Kelly, but I asked people uh to do a little private survey if if you've ever jerked off at work. Oh, I heard that. Yes. I, I I've gotten a uh, you know, I like to say the answer is not not zero. I've gotten a surprisingly num- number and a wealth of of uh confessions about this thing. So it it happens more frequently than you think. It definitely wow. makes me makes me view the work conference rooms, the work <laughs> bathrooms, the work uh dark closets, uh the people that work by themselves in long hours in cars. It makes it makes me think of those things in a much different light now. You don't want to walk around in an office building with a UV light is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, no you do not. You do not want to be doing that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but this is – I'm sorry. Back to the flashback. They get busted. Yeah, by uh, a, a Nazi war criminal from an Indiana Jones film. Like this oh guy just looks evil as shit. There's some, there's some scenes uh, – The one of the later scenes with him, he looks like – what is his name? The, the scary actor. Holy crap. He's in that movie Red with Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. No, I still can't think of – I can't think of his name. Name. But yeah, he's freaky scary looking. Seriously. Yeah, I I don't know if it, I mean it's hard to know. It's hard to imagine that breasts that nice have his DNA because he's such a withered, evil-looking individual. But very gr- great casting because he doesn't need a fucking line no. to know that. Not only is he not going to approve, he's probably going to try to fuck t- uh, Pousset over the worst way possible. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, I will say, going from evil to incredibly sweet, Norma. The uh, mute former acolyte of Red with the amazing singing voice. Her interview on Love is just like watching a basket full of kittens. Wait, what did she? I don't remember it. She she kind of like pantomimed like a pillow or like a blanket and snuggling into it. And then Aww. she got like really into it. And then she kind of looked at the camera and shrugged like that's all I got. Oh, It's super cute. Yeah, I like her. Um, Bennett is smuggling stuff in and he is not smooth. Could he look no. more guilty? No, he, he, uh, I, I, you know, I go back and forth with this relationship and with this character. Same here because it's this season. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll hear your thoughts. Well, well, it's okay. So you know how, um, when they were, when they were talking about, uh, pinning it on porn stash, right? Sure. So you're not going to be able to hide that she's pregnant for sure. long. Um, and I think I can't remember who said it, but because uh, I think this was in the, the end of season one. But they were like, it doesn't matter if they consent 
it's still considered rape sure. because these men are in a position of power and all this. But these two, and it made a lot of sense. Then. Yep. But then when I watch particularly this episode, the way they act, it's adorable and it's romantic. And if you've ever been in love, if, especially if you've ever been in a romantic relationship with someone where maybe say you work together, so you mm-hmm. can't show it, you know, overtly, mm-hmm. but you have those moments where you walk by each other in a hall and all that. It kind of reminds you of that. And so it's kind of sweet. But at the same time, I feel like it's not right. And is he taking advantage of her? Like, right? I feel like the show is romanticizing this. And it works because you kind of like them both, but at the same time, it's not right. <laughs> so I have a similar take, but maybe a little bit a little bit different. I thought in season one, they definitely romanticized it, and it was very sweet and cute, and he rooted for these people. And it started mm-hmm. to turn dark, dark when they pinned things on Porn Stash. Right. But this season, you're right. I mean, Bennett is a really nice guy, mm-hmm. but there's the reason that – you know, prisoners can't give consent, and this can consider statutory rape. It's right there in front of us. This right. is a imbalance of power. And now, when things are bad, what do you do? And if you get someone pregnant, what happens? And you know, this is not a normal relationship, and it seems like it's just bad for everyone involved. And I, I it, it makes me question about rooting for it in the first place. Because, and exactly. also, how good of a guy is Bennett really? Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen he's... any. We don't really know. Well, I mean, I think they did touch on like how he lost his leg, and we know that he was in the military, but we don't. I don't think we've ever had any kind of flashes of his outside life, right? Well, and it's like you know, being a nice guy. That's kind of what you expect from people, like be basic politeness, courtesy, caring for people. We should stop giving out fucking medals for being nice guys. <laughs> yeah. Part of being a a man. Um, you know, and I'm not saying this in a masculine, like be a man, man, but mm-hmm. being a man or a grown ass woman is making smart decisions and, you know, not just necessarily doing things because you want them to do or do you have to like, or because, weigh they, the, feel good. Or because yeah. they feel good. You have to really count the costs and the personal risk and seeing how this relationship is poor, uh, playing out. And there's all these flashing danger signs. I'm like, yeah, you're a nice guy, dude, but you are not a grown ass man. Right. And, and the, Daya is definitely not a grown ass woman, which no. is another part of the problem. Right. And this, so this whole thing with them, uh, with her coming to him and asking for him to smuggle this stuff in, it it's the perfect example of making bad choices. Exactly. Will lead to you having to make bad other bad choices. choices to cover up the first one you made. Yeah. Yep. That's I mean, where do you stop compromising? Exactly. Especially yeah. doing the shit that he's already done. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much dirt on him. Anyway. Uh, die is off the normal game because this is a fucked up relationship. Uh, we've already talked about that. Um, a little scene with Healy where he overhears Soso explaining to one of the girls who's being, or I guess Soso is now the new orienteer because why not? She seems right. like she'd be good at it. Um, none of the girls really like Healy and that seems to bother him, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit later. Piper starts asking questions. She starts a loose check. Um, She's kind of pumping him for when maintenance has been done, and he's like, "Sure, whatever." And <laughs> and I'm I want to ask you: Are you slightly surprised that no one has asked these questions before? Since this seems so over the top, blatant, and that then it'd be one thing if Fig was greasing other people's wheels, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, here's a hundred dollars, or here's a day off, or you know, here's a, tickets to a game." If you keep your mouth shut to guys, I buy that, but she seems like she's an asshole to everyone. And yet these people have been carrying her secrets around for going on a decade. Yeah, I feel like I'm not honestly, I'm not surprised. If you look at the way things operate and what people are getting away with and people's motivations and their the things that they choose to focus on, I feel like some of these people like definitely um, some of the guards um, and I won't give specifics because I don't remember if it's something that happens in a later episode, but where you feel like they're looking for other jobs and they're not like, you know, I don't feel like there's anybody there um, committed. Do you know what I mean? No, no, totally. Yeah. I feel like it's just punch in, punch out, get my paycheck. Like, what do I care? Caputo, the, uh, you know, power and balance masturbator is the closest you got for your woman's advocates, you know, in prison. It's, it's a problem, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, so Red is back in business, baby. She's got her pipeline flowing. She's spreading favors around yoga class, and you can see she's going back to her tricks that made her powerful in the first place. Yes. 
Uh, Nichols has almost tied Big Boo, uh, and she's kind of keeping adding up her tally. And Red rolls in and tries to recruit the old gang, including Norma, the girl that got burnt by Grease, whose name I can't. I can't remember. Remember. Either. Uh, and she tries to do the same thing to them that works so well with Yoga Jones and Big Boo. And she says, look, this is family. You can't buy you can't buy our love, and it's offensive that you're trying. Mm-hmm. And Red's got something new to thinking about. Um, Bennett's got his love. That someone asked him about what he thinks love is, and he's, again, far from smooth. Uh, <laughs> it turns into, like, an inquisition for him. Like, why are you, why are you asking that? That's, that's not <laughs> stuff you should ask me. <laughs> um let's see we're go I think we see a commissary scene where V is reminiscing about when they sold smokes or no it's it was one of the prison guards is asking about remember when we sold smokes and how you know everyone kind of yearns for the day where you could kind of drug yourself with nicotine mm-hmm. uh pussy goes confronts V and threatens to kill her if she gets her in trouble yes. uh what I thought this was a great this is a great mission statement for why I don't like V what do you think Yes, I was just <clears throat> I watched it uh yesterday and then earlier this morning when we were going to record and this was you could see you could see where she is V is intimidating and scary. Like the I think she starts to tell this story about <laughs> this guy's arms that she would she just want to lick the length of his arms and yeah. Puse cuts her off and she's like I don't give a fuck about your stories you know and she gets up in her face mm-hmm. I felt it I felt like you know and I'm a big girl I'm damn near six feet tall and I felt like you know if that woman got up in my face with that hair and that look on her face I might have backed out <laughs> like these sure. intimidating yeah. as shit and what she is amazing is how well she can play the cringing dog as well mm-hmm. like last episode when Gloria rolled up tough on her and she yes. kind of just like you know oh I, I'm, I'm just an old woman it's mm-hmm. amazing how well she does both sides of that Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I really I did. I enjoyed the scene. And then I, this is the one where it ends with her basically telling her uh, Tasty's never going to love you. Right. And she goes, I don't. What do you mean? I'm just, you know, I just care for her as a friend, which we know isn't true. That's the thing is you can tell who's the better person because uh, Puse unloads into her face the most devastating thing she can, which is you're just a bully who uses lost kids and then dumps them. Mm-hmm. And V doesn't bla- doesn't bat an eye. She comes back with taste will never love you, and Pousse is like visibly shaken. Yep. She's not that hard. Nope. Not and at all. And it's uh triggers a flashback to Germany, speaking of uh that where her dad says that hey, we're being transferred back to the States. And what I thought was especially heartbreaking is her her dad feels like a failure because he's clearly promised the family that they finally, you know, they've been a military brat and you've, I've dragged you around the world, but this is the place we're going to land. This is the place we're mm-hmm. going to stay. And he thinks he's done something. Yeah. So he, he apologizes and for which, letting them down. What you know, what we know about Pusey, that's got to really twist the knife in her gut. Yeah. W- w- one thing that got me, does that ever work like smoking in the window? <laughs> like, I don't know if you've, I used to be a smoker in my stupid younger days. And the scene begins with her smoking, sitting in the window and her dad knocks on the door. And she like takes another puff, which I found was weird before blowing the smoke <laughs> out the window. Right. And then she's like, oh yeah, some people were smoking outside my window. And I'm like, as a former smoker, I know that that just lays on you like a blanket, that sure. smell. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't even address it. But yeah, no, this was really heartbreaking as a parent. Again, I could feel, I know what that feels like when you feel like you're disappointing your kids and then what it must feel like for her knowing that he didn't do anything, you know? Right. Yeah. And that, you know what, and it, it's kind of, eh, I'll wait, I'll wait to ask that question until a little bit later. Okay. Uh, Piper is investigating some junction boxes outside, which we found from loose check that was supposedly upgraded. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's asking some questions about, you know, when's the last time you can remember things being done and Healy steps in. And says, "What are you? Why are you asking about this? Because Healy's part of the inner circle that probably knows about, a lot more about this malfeasance than he's letting on." Right. And she improvises that, "Hey, I, I want to start a newspaper, and I'm kind of asking about this is our home, and we should be connected. <laughs> uh, and you are going to be editor in chief." I thought she did a pretty good job of selling this. Yeah, I was just going to say this. That was it. Was a very Piper thing. Like it anybody else he would have been like bullshit like total bullshit right but this is such a piper thing Uh but even at the end of it where she says something about i maybe it was when she said have him be editor-in-chief and he goes 
all right, you're laying it on a little too thick now. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I felt like this was a really good, uh, I felt for her. It was like, how are you going to get out of this? Sure. But the newsletter was genius. Yeah. Um, we find out that V's master plan is to smuggle tobacco into hidden amongst the cleaning supplies. And she's going to step in. It's kind of foreshadowed earlier with this uh, pining for cigarettes. Um, any comment on that? Just crazy eyes saying, where's the cleanser? Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> she's she's all about the cleaning, man. She loves that shit. Yeah. Like she explained and last I, season. And I think it, when this scene started, when, you know, because uh, Tasty is kind of grumbling about, you know, having to do this. She didn't want to do this. Um I think, don't we see uh, Suzanne, uh, Crazy Eyes, she found the invitation, the wedding invitation. Did crumpled she? up. Oh, is that, uh, is that part of that? I didn't, I didn't write that down I my notes. I think so. so. I think so. I think she finds Su's, the, the wedding invitation for the guy that, uh, what's her name? Morello? Yeah, Morello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. I think that's the only thing of note there. Uh, Piper is getting letters from an AV heart sign, uh, which is Alex Voss, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she's just throwing them in the trash like she should. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flacca and, uh, oh shit, Ramos, Wa- Ramos, Ramos yes. <laughs> are talking about their thoughts of love and Flacca opinions that it's a warm bath of pudding and like five dudes are massaging you. <laughs> and then R- Ramos comes in. Oh, and you have a pizza. And yes. so, yes, that's, <laughs> that is, that is love. What more can you say? When she started that, when she started that, and then she, you know, she's saying this, and then she gets, to, and then you have five guys. I was like, whoa, 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 where are we going with this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it was just massaging. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then you have, and you have a pizza. That's the best. Uh, and I love the continued detail of her that she is one of those, uh, and which is, I talked about this with, um, uh, the other California girls have been on the show, Kelly and, uh, the, uh, the Kajo girls. Apparently uh-huh. this is a thing. And I know that, uh, Chuck Klosterman wrote on the phenomenon that Latinos love their cure and their Smiths and their Morrissey. They really? love that shit. Yeah. That's like that un- really emo stuff. They, they, it, it really speak. It's kind of like. I, I'm I'm guessing, and I hope this isn't racially offensive. God help me. This is how I get better as a white man by offending people, and people tell me what a tar- and I'm like, okay, I won't do that again. But I I surmise that if you watch some of like the Spanish soap operas, mm-hmm. they're just like this intense, heightened emotion, like almost a farce. Yes, and yes, that's kind of that emo stuff that that, I, and I wonder if that kind of speaks to them in the same way. It's these super emotional. Uh, you know, almost Greek tragic levels of every the feeling, and yeah, that, that they they have that that they 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 really dig on that. That makes sense. I am black, uh, Latina. I'm Panamanian, and I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And ah. I got I like I was the only black girl in my neighborhood listening to Guns N' Roses. So I know that pain, <laughs> of, like liking stuff that you you know stereotypically you shouldn't. The but, pain but, of the uh, cold yeah, November no, rain. Yes, I didn't. I did not know that about uh, Latinas in California, or Latinos in California, really digging that stuff. But but yeah, I love that they're consistent with it with her. Uh, we have the the women's V Day dance, which seems like a terrible idea. Uh, where do you, <laughs> how do you feel about Valentine's Day? You know, so I've you know I've been married for oh god, my husband's gonna kill me. Eleven. We've been together fourteen years and married about eleven or twelve. Uh-huh. Um. And we never really celebrated Valentine's Day, but we're one of those couples where we want something, we buy it. Yep. So we stop buying Christmas gifts for each other. We just, we worry about the kids. But, you know, if we want a video game, you know, we're big gamers in this house, we'll go buy the game. So for us, it's, you know, you give me a gift certificate to Best Buy, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I don't... I- I don't, I'm not one of those people that will shit on it though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's commercial and they just do this so you can, you know, feel shitty about not having anyone. It's just not that big of a deal to me. If you want to celebrate it, if you like it, fine. But yeah, I don't expect anything on Valentine's Day. Well, I am one of those people. I will shit on a holiday. I think it's (laughs) terrible. And I think the idea of having it as some kind of official thing at the prison Mm -hmm. should be everyone in the plan that should have shots and be sent to the shoe. Because (laughs) that are you trying to incite a riot? What the fuck? 
<laughs> well, wait, this is where the dance starts and there's two women dancing together and Healy tells them to leave, leave room for Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Because they're getting too close. Yeah. I just, I will say like when the party started, this, this, this part of the episode started, I did think about, again, the woman who'd really been in prison, who's been reviewing these episodes. And I just thought she must have like fucking laughed off the couch. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I don't really believe this happens. All right. So here's the thing about Healy. Mm -hmm. Healy thinks he's a nice guy, but then he says shit about, uh, cause Bennett's like, you know, I'm in a women's prison, but I don't understand women. He's like, let me tell you, Bennett. The trick is you meet him halfway and then only meet him 10 or 15 percent away because women can't do math. <laughs> you are setting yourself up to failing, thinking that you are a nice guy spouting shit like that. You know, because you know, your theory is that women are stupid and right. that you can mistreat them. And that's the way to get ahead in long term. And that's bad information. Well, I, I didn't think when he started that sentence, that little story, I didn't think that's where he was going. When he said you give him 10%, you meet him like 10% of the way or whatever it was, I thought he was going to do what we as parents tend to do. My son Jack is five, and I tend to make him think he has a choice. I'm like, oh, well, you, sure. can wear the, you can wear the red shirt or you can wear the blue shirt. And right. really, I just don't care which one he wears, but right. he feels like he has a, a choice, right? Certainly. That's yeah. parenting 101. Right. So I thought that's where he was going, where you meet them halfway and they think that you're giving up something, but really you don't mind. I really thought it was going to be that kind of bullshit advice. But when he was like, they're bad at math. Yeah. I'm like, who hurt you, Healy? Who hurt you? Why are you right? this way? <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, are you subscribed to Reddit slash R or Red Bill? Um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad enough that if he's treating women like a child, but to treat them like they're just stupid. Uh, no wonder he has so much goddamn problems. Yep. Uh, but this is going to be a continuing theme is that, you know, he's trying to put lipstick on the pig rather than deporkify himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about his waist. I'm talking about just his attitude. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is they don't have enough muscle because apparently a ton of people are at the V-Day or are away from the V-Day dance. We're about to find out why. And the eldest of the golden girls, who I think her name is Jenny. I think so. But she's the kind of kooky one, a little little dementia. Uh she she uh she's been trying to find her man this whole episode and she's going to escape the prison to go off on her quest to find him. Mm. That's going to be trouble. Uh Tasty tries to recruit Pusey for the tobacco plant cuz she thinks she thinks first of all Pusey thinks she's getting a kiss and she's getting a cigarette stuck in her mouth. That was terrible. <sighs> that was sad. Uh, and Tasty thinks that, oh, well, if there's a reward at the end of this, then it's going to, you know, Pusey is going to open up her eyes and Pusey's like, no, no, it's still, this is, this is going to end badly. I don't care what, what's in it for me. Right. It's not worth it. Uh, we see her then break a German girl's heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we see, I, uh, what, this is interesting. Why do we think we saw this when the very next scene that we see of her is her in full bleeding heart mode. Why, why do we see her rolling so hard on this poor girl with the killer tits? <laughs> it, it, I will just, I want to point out uh, when this, this debuted, when the season first dropped, uh, one of my male friends, his status update was like, I love Pusey's girlfriend's titties. And I hadn't seen the episode yet. So I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, but a lot of people love her titties. They're awful um, nice. They're awful nice. Uh, <laughs> So if I'm not mistaken, she breaks up with her and she's really cruel about it, right? Yeah, she's like, yeah, you know, I never loved you. You got killer tits. I've got, I've had lots of practice at uh, mm -hmm. moving in, just, just, just ripping her heart out. Yeah. So then she does basically the same thing to Tasty, right? Mm -hmm. When Tasty comes, and so I guess that. Oh, uh, like I guess. To see that Except for there was a, re I mean, that there was more of a reason to that. I mean, the poor German girl just thought that. You know, it's because because she was seeming like, hey, I'll ride or die. I'll go with you or whatever. I'll stand up to my old man. And Pusey is just like, no, nah, no, nah, not worth it. Whereas Tasty, she's at least trying to talk sense into her and make yeah. it seem like you're leaving me as much as I'm leaving you kind of business. Yeah, I do. I don't I'm not sure. I do think the motivations are different. Like in the with the girlfriend, the German girlfriend, I thought it was this isn't going to work. He can possibly cause problems. So if I break your heart, then you won't do anything stupid. You know what I mean? Like he'll be pissed at me. But if you hate me and won't try to come after me or whatever, it won't be bad for you. It felt like that's what she was doing. We've seen right. another character do this in Game of Thrones. No spoilers. But uh, 
which it always backfires though. Certainly. Um, yeah. But with Tasty, I thought what we were supposed to take from this is this is just how she acts out. But it really, I don't know why she would do that to Tasty. It doesn't, I don't know what her motivation would have been to make Tasty feel like shit. All I know is if Hussein ends up strangling Tasty, I'm out. <laughs> so uh piper's chatting up the golden girls at the valentine's day dance and asking them about and we see where all this love talk has come from this is her cover as she goes and chats to prison she talks about love and then she gets her, the real quote which is when's the last time you remember work getting done these girls have been here forever said it's been oh four oh five that's at least a decade that uh fig has been pillaging this place and it's all being done under healy's nose which is great because he's he's you know he that I find that the case with stupid people that they think everyone else is stupid. Yes. And that's the thing. Like he's talking about how stupid women are. And yet this thing, he, you know, Piper's working him like a fiddle. Um, He does call his wife and asked him, this is his 10%. He's learned how to say, would you like to dance with me in Russia? And he says, I'm a good man. You'll see that. And that's the problem. He's not a good man. No, he's not. He thinks he is, uh, but he's not. And he needs, I mean, he can become a good man. We'll see if he can make it. We'll see what his arc is. But mm -hmm. right now, he's he his the gap between what he thinks and what he is is pretty damn big. Yeah. You know what? Pensatucky's not welcome in the old group. Uh, <laughs> she's a Hillary Clinton-style dictator. <laughs> if the pantsuit fits, wears it. Um, I like this. I like Leanne and them throwing off the shackles of Pensatucky. I do. And she had this, uh, oh, I don't remember what she said. And then the other girl says, so she goes, it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, did you think that Pensatucky knew what a metaphor was? She didn't, know, <laughs> she didn't know what exclusion was. So, no, I would say she doesn't. Yeah. But she thinks she's all fancy with her new teeth. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I just saw, I was um, looking at cast photos and the woman that plays Pensatucky is genuinely beautiful. Oh, is she? I had no. I, it's that uh, that part of the performance is ve very underrated. That through a combination of makeup or lack thereof, and mm -hmm. posture, and just the stupidest look that you can put on your face, yes. she comes across as just utterly unattractive. And then you see her in real life, and it's just like, wow, she's kind of a stunner. You know, she. I think she's related to the Mannings. The the football, my my future baby daddy, Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had a vagina, he'd be my future baby daddy too. I love him, but I, I think she's like a cousin of theirs. I think it might be because her last name is. Now that you mentioned it, is Manning. Often, mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, not as big a forehead as I would have thought from that <laughs> stock. Uh, Bennett Bennett's getting shaken down by Flacca and Ramos now. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, spiraling out of control, like what happens when you start pinning rapes on people and doing things like that. <laughs> I love the one lady at the end. She she wants a camera with the phone because isn't she the one that got busted? Yes. The <laughs> yes. The one who's sending her vajayjay to her yes. man outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Big Boo and Nikki decided to stop um, <laughs> that, you know, they, they're tied at 36, but they've had some really gnarly sex they're not proud of to keep up with their competitive streak, and they decide to uh, go in a cooking eating contest, which two dyed-in-the-wool lesbians having a cock cookie eating contest <laughs> makes me happy on so many different ironic levels. Yes, it's just, yeah. it seems perfect. Let's see. Uh, Caputo's band. Uh, Fisher shows up, but then it turns out so does everyone else. What did you think? <sighs> Poor Caputo. So I feel like I think I've told you this before, but probably like in a written conversation when I was started, my husband and I worked together. We worked at Blockbuster Video many, many years ago. He was my manager. I would always oh, ask speaking him of out. power imbalance. Oh, my God. Is there I... was there some drug smuggling and a fake leg involved? Or... <laughs> no, nothing so scandalous. <laughs> but uh, I used to ask him out and I would. Like I was thinking it was a date and he would bring other coworkers or his little brother. Uh. And one day I finally said to him, dogma was coming out. And I said, do you like Kevin Smith movies? Let's go see it. And he said, sure. And I walked out the office and like a minute later I came back and I was like, you know, this is a date, right? Like a date, date, don't bring your brother. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he was like, oh, like it, it clicked to him. Like I was interested in him in that way. So this reminded me, like when you think you're, you, you think you've asked somebody out 
and mm. then they show up with like all your coworkers. And I like the one guy said, uh, "You look like the gay edge." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Because I this what I called him last time. I didn't call him the gay, but I'm like he's like a poor man's edge. Oh, like, and that just adds insult. Like, he's trying to impress this woman. So she brings all the coworkers, and then one of them insults him. And you know, he had to be feeling really good about himself. He's in a band. He probably thought he looked really cool. Yeah. And it's yeah. the rest of it, because I think this, the, the episode kind of plays out from this point on with his music in the background. Maybe not. Maybe I'm on the scene too early. But uh, uh, Larry, we jump to Larry and Polly, and he grabs her and says, would the moon do this? And kisses her full on the face, just as her, speaking of man-child, husband comes home. Uh, he's wanting to drop off Piper's gear, but he gets roped into a Valentine's Day dinner with this man and his wife, which is, this is going to be terrible. Caribou marinated in pineapple juice. Mm-mm. He says it, it helps with the taste of your spunk. You know, this is, I don't, I don't know this is true, but I heard that unjustified as well. I've heard this too, the pineapple juice. So when he said that, I was like, this is a classy guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to be shooting icing out of that thing, guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Suzanne comforts Morello uh, because she's crying about this because, you know, she's crazy and she's still off of uh, on Christopher. And mm-hmm. Suzanne said, you know what I've really learned about? Um the people that uh, uh, that you know you love and they don't love you back because they don't deserve it, which seems to really help Morello. Yeah, yeah, and I love that she was like, after all this, I still believe in this. Isn't this stupid? And she goes, No, you know, I think it's what makes you special or something. And they hug, and this and the the, the interaction with uh, Healy and Pensatucky later. Mm-hmm. That's where I really felt. I don't know. I'm probably not going to describe it right, but it just felt. I just really connected with these characters on a human level because you got to think being like, you don't realize how much you touch people throughout the day, you know, especially people you love. And we take it for granted. If you just have your spouse or your significant other around a lot or your kids, you can get hugs and simple touches anytime you want, but these people can't do that. And they probably get very little real human touch interaction. And I just felt like, especially Norma Morello's a little bit of a racist. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. Yeah. This hug, it felt genuine and it just kind of felt like if you allow people to be people and connect on a human level and not worry about their sexual orientation or their race, like everybody really does want the same thing. And sometimes you just want to hug, you know? Uh, but I just, I don't know. I just felt I really like this. Suzanne made it a little weird when she sniffed her hair at the end. But... Yeah, you know, Suzanne, Suzanne. Right. She but I really it. like this. Uh, me too. And uh, we'll get to Healy's scene here in a minute. Uh, Flaca and Ramos are, are lamenting that they're wasting the best years of their life in here, that their tits aren't going to look any better, their ass isn't going to look better. Preach. Preach. Uh, that's true. Like, you know, <laughs> like a lot of people are all up in arms about young people sexting and taking pictures. And I'm like, take all the naked pictures of yourself now. Listen, you're ne- you're you're never going to look better. Take all the naked pictures you can now, kids. Listen, if I knew two kids was going to change my body in such ways, I'd have been naked a hell of a lot more in my <laughs> right? early 20s. Right. <laughs> I would have just shown my tits to anybody who wanted to see Right, them. right. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, share them with a bunch of dirty old men or to be irresponsible, but you take a couple for when you're feeling down in your 30s and 40s and, and, and on. That's so, right. uh, but they decide that uh, they're going to try each other out. Mm-hmm. Which I thought wasn't going to work, but then I thought it was going to work, and then they both started laughing and realized it wouldn't. And I, I right. thought it was a pretty good moment. It was, you know, like a buddy moment. Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it played really well. It could have been kind of weird and awkward, but I thought that they did a really. It, it played really well, and and I liked the giggling at the end. Certainly, you know, certainly. Uh, Pousset is chatting up on a fellow inmate. Uh, mm-hmm. That she has a little bit of V Day interest in, and uh, she shines on tasty. Uh, yeah. Very kind of cruel, very German girl, nice tits esque to her, <laughs> uh, which then triggers yet another flashback where she goes into the evil German commander's table and says, Fuck you, this is your doing. I love her. And she flips the lid off the Ark of the Covenant and his skull melts. <laughs> and they ride off in the sunset. Uh, actually, this is where I gasped. Because when she went to pull the gun, I'm like, oh, shit, we're seeing how she ended up in here. (laughs) Yes. But her dad fucking commandos in there and shuts it all down and saves her. I'm kind of curious. And do we know what she actually did to land in here yet? 
I don't think we do. And I'm, I'm with you. When she reached behind her, I was like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thankfully her dad stepped in. Um, I looked it up. John, John Malkovich. This is the, the German girl's dad has a very John Malkovich. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, no. And I love that when the dad is dragging her away and the, the other, the German's dad says something about, you know, you can get her help. Yeah, there's programs that can change her. Pray away the gay. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. God. I love that her father was like, no, she's fine the way she is. Which is my question. I was, I, do you think that her father knew about the fact that she's gay? Or do you think, think that he's just such a cool dude that he rolled with it and just didn't care? I think he knew. Because I, I, if he did know, I don't understand why Pousset wouldn't tell him what was up about, you know, and take that bird. Because the reason, it's like the only reason you keep that secret from your dad when he's feeling so bad about it is if this is something that you're closeted, which made, oh, and, and yeah. the reason I've got this headcanon is because this makes the scene even better. Because this yeah. thing that she's hidden about herself from her dad and she's trying to be this perfect little girl and she doesn't want him to know she's smoking or the fact that she's digs on girls. And he he probably knew and didn't care the whole time because he loves her so much. Yeah. I'm actually getting choked up uh, thinking about it right now. Yeah, and I love like you said, there was no hesitation, no nothing. Like, nothing. He, She's fine. Yeah, he, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <sighs> uh, poor Caputo, which I – if you'd asked me last season if I'd ever strung those two words together, I probably would have said no. But he has just got this depressing song he's trying to sing as he sees Loose Check macking on the girl that he has affection for. Mm-hmm. Um, Red and V are still too old for any trouble, although they both seem to know that this is bullshit at this time. They're sizing each other up. Right. V says this will not end well. <laughs> uh, Healy looks like he's going to take on Pentatucky as a project. Um, yeah. Offers her a cookie and... and uh, you know, we already talked about what his problem is. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting because this, this could go either way. This could be him continuing his clueless ways, or maybe this is the start of a redemption arc. We'll have to yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, Caputo uh, brings it back to the bar, and he spots the old girl, Ginny. That's, <laughs> she's just filthy as hair, leaves stuck. <laughs> Uh, she's neither clean nor safe, and he about has a cow on stage, and it's awesome. Wait, so did we – I think you mentioned it. Did did we see her leaving? Yes, we did. We saw her okay. kind of, you know, totter out of the prison, and now she's here, and she's making – eye. the other thing is she's making eyes at Caputo. Like she, she thinks, thinks – He's her jack or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Piper closes us off by saying that love is like coming home after a long trip. Um, oh fuck Piper. Yeah. It's a nice sentiment, but whatever. You know what we skipped two things. Did we? Uh when uh Daya takes him uh Bennett in a room to have sex. Oh yeah, that's then... right. They had the hot, steamy, illegal, rapey uh-huh. prison sex. And then she uh shows him the Valentine's Valentine's Day card that she thought he sent. And she's like, But you spelled Valentine's wrong and it turns out it it's, was no, it's poor. Oh shit, I did skip that whole thing. Oh, I must have just skipped over my notes. Thank you for saving me. Yeah. No, there's that. And then when Soso was telling her theory about Ferris Bueller's day off being a dream, being Cameron's dream. Right. I love that because I really was like, you know, that when she was breaking it down, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. But then the nun was like, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> you know, I, was, I was thinking, it's like, you know, would Soso be good on a podcast? But then when the nun tried to like, no, no, because even if yeah. half the audience loved her, the other half would despise her. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. Those are the two things that we skipped that I, I really liked in this episode. Well, good, good looking out, Nina. You saved me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, let's do some feedback. But first, let's do some pimping. Um, you know, if you like what we're doing here on Bald Move, you can find all of our content at baldmove.com, and there's a shitload of it, and it's all due to the awesomeness of our listeners. You can support us in a few ways. One is going to subbable.com slash baldmove. It's a voluntary subscription site. You can go there, and you can see the pitch, and you can decide to uh, help us continue to make this great, hopefully great content that you hopefully enjoy. Uh, you can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com. You put that in your browser. It takes it to Amazon, and everything you buy from that point forward on that session will be imbued with love for Bald Move because we take a little bit of their cut. 
Uh, third and finally, if you can't do any of that, could you rate and review us on iTunes? We're trying to get this show off the road. We've been uh, really dominating and new and notable, uh, which has really helped us grow our traffic. So thank you for everyone who's done that. But iTunes is all about what have you done lately. So if you've been holding off, please give us a couple of stars and some kind words. And last but not least, uh, tell friends and family about us. We'd love to have them. Nina, would you like to do some pimping of Project Fandom? Uh, yeah, the website is Project Fandom. We cover TV, movies, books, comics, anime, gaming, both tabletop and video games. We have some really great video game reviews coming up, uh, some new Telltale game uh, reviews for uh, The Walking the, Dead. And The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, they, they sent us some review that. codes, and I have this new writer who is fantastic. Um, and then the podcast is Podcast Fandom, and we're currently covering uh, True Blood, The Leftovers, and The Strain, and we're having a lot of fun. Stay off of our uh, out of our out of our territory, Nina. I got a new writer because of you. <laughs> yeah, you did. You poached um, Nikki. Nikki P. Yeah, Nikki P. Nikki P. She's covering Extant, and she's going to start doing some books, like uh, books that uh, that are good for children to read, like you know, good uh, illustrated books and uh, sci-fi and all that stuff. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, and you are a very hardworking woman. I'm amazed at the amount of content that you were able to put out. Um, I have a and, team, and of also my... you're omnipresent on Facebook. Yes, I uh, I live on you know some of my freelance stuff is social media, so I have to be on Facebook like all day. But <laughs> I have twenty something people pitching in at that website. It's not all me. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Um, yeah. Very very uh, very uh, excited at your guys' success and uh, love your stuff. So thanks for helping us out on that. Uh, we're about to get the feedback. If you'd like to send us some, because we're a little light this week. Mm-hmm. You can send it in at orange at baldmove.com. We had a cornucopia last week, though, so it kind of balances out. You can also go on to facebook.com slash baldmove to pitch in on our live, uh, not a live, our uh, show threads and our uh, podcast threads, right? Our also harvest feedback. And you can keep up with our latest releases on Twitter at baldmove, but Jim will not have any idea what you're talking about because he doesn't watch Orange is the New Black. Let's get into it. Claire J says, uh, talking about last season or last episode, Cecily and I wondered about why Tia wasn't more on the ball about getting that box of money and saving, you know, saving it for uh, glorious kids. And she says, I can get behind Tia hexing the money because she didn't approve of it because of how it was gotten. She seemed pretty down on the idea of using it when Gloria told her to because it's tainted, unclean, bad juju cash. Mm. I thought that was a very good explanation for her behavior. Uh, Matthew Martin says the guy who plays Healy is no stranger to playing shitbags. Detective Mike Roberts on NYPD Blue and Steve Fields on Deadwood were both great shitbag characters. I've enjoyed Harney and his work in each of his roles. It seems like Healy may prove to be the more interesting character this season. Damn it. I just saw Healy in a movie recently and I thought, God damn, he's a giant shitbag in that too. And I can't remember what it was. (laughs) My dad probably recognizes him um, from my dad's retired NYPD and he loved NYPD blue. So I'm sure I don't, I don't remember seeing him in anything though. I, I said, I I saw him that one thing and he was a giant shit bag as well. Uh, Erin was excited that we read her message and she said that she will follow up on some of the questions that we and uh, me and Cecily had um, about prison life. Cause she sent in that uh, uh, radio lab style audio book last episode uh, that's all we got for feedback. Do you have any other, again, you can send more at orange at baldmove.com. Nina, do you have any last words for us before we let you go? No, that's it. Just thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to come back. I think I'm back for episode 11. You are. You're, you're uh, one of the hammers that takes us out of the, the season. Uh, yeah, you... and I think it was a good episode too, so I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>